It's Talking Football with Rob Daniels and Vince Tracy. Talking Football. Welcome to Europe Calling and Talking Football with Rob Daniels and Vince Tracy. Our date is the 21st of December 2023. And our weather is rather nice actually. I've got to say the definition on the mountain looks uh, pretty fine. The garden's looking good. Uh, It's a bit on the nippy side if you're in the shade. But come on, you know, we're just a few days before Christmas and uh, I think we have to be realistic. It certainly is not a bad day today. Let me just go around about an hour travelling west and I should find Rob Daniels. So good morning and welcome to you, Rob. Yeah, hi, Vince. Hi, everybody. Yeah, the weather down here is uh, nice as well today, Vince. It's a bit... A, a bit overcast in the distance, but uh, in the park out the back, there's uh, some nice sun on the trees. It's not too cold. And considering that we're uh, the 21st of December, um, you can't complain at all, can you? No, not at all. OK, well, we've had some uh, very interesting things happening again during the week. So let me just put a bit of music on. Uh, shuffle, shuffle my papers. And uh, away we go. Now, before we come to any of the football uh, that uh, we'll be looking at the results of the Carabao Cup, I think we need to just have a quick word about Tom Lockyer and what happened during one of the games last week, which was abandoned in actual fact and will be replayed in full. So uh, over to you, Rob. Tell us what what was that all about? Right, well, uh, Tom Lockyer is the captain of Luton Town Football Club who got recently promoted this season. And he was uh, an integral part of the team that got them promoted. He's a Welsh international. He's 29 years old. And in the 59th minute against Bournemouth, it was 1-1 at the time, he had a cardiac arrest on the pitch. And um, I'd just like to say that everybody who was involved in the incident, um, from the, uh, the goalkeeper, the Bournemouth goalkeeper, he spotted something was going on straight away. He didn't know what was happening, but he realised this was serious. He ran straight over there and um, waved his arms about calling for the uh, medics and things. Medics on both sides worked on the lab. Um, He survived, fortunately, and he's now recovering in hospital. They're not releasing too many details about it because, obviously, it's his private life. But uh, members of the crowd and everybody else who was involved um, were all very, very supportive. And uh, it was exemplary, really, when we talk about so many not-so-nice things about football. This was a horrible incident. But the way that everybody else who was there um, comported themselves was uh, was really, really good. And the match is going to be replayed in full of you, savings, a date to be um, determined because it was one all at the end of the when he fell down. And um, I think both teams agreed. Um, there was no discussion about it. Both teams 
very supportive of each other on it and the supporters who were there and the other team members as well because it's a big thing. I've, I've... So, uh, yeah, it's, it's really good that uh, Tom Lockyer um, survived it. But it's not the first time it's happened, is it? I've got to say from a broadcasting point of view, I was watching a screen with absolutely no explanation as to what was going on. Uh, this continued for about um, a good 10 minutes and uh, quite honestly, it, was, um, it wasn't really very good. I think the least they should have had is the banner across the bottom saying there has been an incident and we will bring you news as soon as possible, which we didn't get, by the way. Um, and I found that up from other cha channels and it just shows you the uh, ridiculous situation where perhaps, you know, you're being shown pictures via Saudi Arabia or somewhere like that regarding um, a football club which you know yourself, you know, is on the south coast of uh, UK and um, you expect to hear some sensible explanation as to what was going on. Um, the bigger thing is that the player... Mm -hmm. it, was, it was recorded on Radio 5. Um, as, as soon as Morris, as soon as the incident occurred, but they didn't have any updates. But they just they they did actually report something was happening and who was involved, but uh, they didn't have any updates on it. They just kept saying wishing him well and things like that. But yeah, I didn't realise on the TV they had no explanation at all what was going on. Yeah. Okay, um, so we wish him well, and um, the fact that he has suffered something like this before is indicative of maybe uh, something that needs to be changed regarding um, the, the regulations. But uh, I'm not a medic, and you obviously await the decision-making processes from people who should know better. Um, we'll go straight to the football now, and this week has been quarterfinals week for the Carabao Cup. And uh, there have been some really interesting games, which Rob will outline for us now. So, Rob, over to you. Right. Well, um, this has been the quarterfinal week for the uh, Carabao Cup. And the first result that we should mention is Everton won, um, Fulham won, Fulham won. And that was at full time after the 90 minutes, plus what they added on, plus after extra time. And because it's a Carabao Cup, they don't play um, second. They don't play away matches. If you like a draw, it went six seven, and Full AM went through on penalties. Um, Port Vale against Middlesbrough. Now Middlesbrough, they're a team that are trying to get into the playoffs in the Championship. They won against Port Vale nil three. Chelsea again beat um, Newcastle on penalties, and that was one one after the uh, allotted time and four two on penalties. And Liverpool had a really good result last night, didn't they? I, I think they would probably surprise themselves. But Liverpool, Vince's team, as everybody knows, beat West Ham 5-1 yesterday. So, uh, well done to Liverpool. Yeah. I, I was particularly pleased to see some of the... Um, I'm not going to say the lesser-known players, because uh, they are all household names, usually. Uh, but Curtis Jones, I thought, was terrific. I thought... Um, the 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 whole team uh, excelled. They really did look good, and I was quite surprised at how uh, poor West Ham were because they do impress me uh, from what I've seen a few times already. Um, but you know, uh, you, you, I don't think we really expected even the one goal that arrived uh, because I think it was about eleven shots on target from Liverpool and one from West Ham. So um, 
very surprising that was for me. Yes, I think it, I think it was because West Ham um, they've had some good results in their favour, but they've also been slaughtered a few times. So they're another team that it's very very difficult to predict, isn't it? But the uh, semi-finals it's going to be Middlesbrough against Chelsea and it's going to be Liverpool against Fulham. First leg is played on the 9th of Jan. Um, these are two leg matches. The second legs are played on the 23rd of Jan. So then we'll see who's in the final. Yeah. Okay, here's the article which uh, attracted my attention. And uh, this was in uh, not the sports pages, but telling us that Premier League footballers are being targeted by foreign gangs who fly into the UK to ransack houses before jetting out with their loot. This is in a shocking development. Uh, The male sport was the source, understanding that organised groups, often from Albania, are lining up high-net-worth individuals on these shores, including top-flight players, in a move that has not gone unnoticed by security forces who work with clubs and their stars. So Manchester City's Kevin De Bruyne became the latest big name to have his home raided. It can also be disclosed that last year the 32-year-old's former City teammate Raheem Sterling was forced to return home from the World Cup following a raid at his home in Surrey. Others include uh, Jesse Lingard, Joe Cancelo, Victor Lindelof and Paul Pogba. And they've all been targeted. Security sources have disclosed there is now a worrying trend to contend with outside of the traditional criminal gangs from such English cities as London, Manchester and Liverpool. It's thought groups arrive from overseas armed with accomplices. They target the high net worth individuals, including obviously footballers, and scour the internet to find addresses. The aim is to swipe luxury items such as the watches, the high-end jewellery, with the crooks then brazenly walking through airport security wearing their stolen goods. Right, are you aware of the depth of this? Well, Vince, I knew I knew that kind of thing was um, was happening quite frequently, but I didn't realise that um, it was so well planned. If you like, I, d- I didn't realise it was uh, gangs of foreign criminals coming in specifically to uh, rob footballers' houses. Um, is there anything that the authorities are trying to do about it to stop it? Well, I would imagine that uh, looking at the ineptitude of the British police at the moment. Um, you know, they will be just treating it as something else that happens. Whereas, realistically, if you've got people who are uh, going on the internet, uh, going on to Facebook, going on to other social platforms and parading their words, I mean, really, they're asking for trouble. You know, uh, we all know that the wages for footballers are totally immoral, uh, but what is also immoral is when they go onto the social media and, um, you know, come on, I, I'm living in Spain. I've seen a picture of um, uh, Marcus Rashford, for example, with his Rolls Royce and with his, um, I think it's a Porsche. Or it's a big, big car anyway. Uh, but, I mean, when all said and done, uh, these are just um, criminal activities and, um, quite frankly, I think the minute that you become rich, you become somebody that they'll want to steal from. 
Well, yeah, but that still doesn't make it right, does it, Vince? Um, well, it doesn't make it right. A lot, a lot of these players, most, most players, I think, uh, they're encouraged to be family men, aren't they? And um, Pierre uh, Aubameyang, before he went to Barcelona, which didn't turn out to be very successful, but he was uh, targeted and he fought back and he ended up with a broken cheekbone, I think it was. Um so it's obvious where these players are going to be, isn't it, as well? Because the matches are advertised, and if they're in on the team sheet, then you'd think that they'd have 24-hour security, wouldn't you? The, the amount of money they've got, um, you'd think that when they're out playing or out training or wherever else they might be, <clears throat> they'd have um, sort of home security or something like that. But um, I th- probably a lot of them don't think about it uh, in such terms and, until it happens to them. Or happens to one of the one of the teammates. Well, from what I was reading, apparently a lot of the players are spending a lot of money um, uh, securing their houses and getting security firms, etc., etc. Look, if people are hell bent on robbing, then there's not an awful lot really people can do to stop them. I mean, realistically, until the punishments fit the crime again, I don't think we'll we'll get rid of this problem. Probably not, no, but um, if these gangs come over, especially to um, to rob footballers' houses, then if a footballer's house um, is reported as being burgled, surely they could uh, check people more thoroughly on the way out of the UK to see if they're carrying any of the stolen goods on them. I mean, I'm, I'm not a criminal, let's face it, but if, if I did something like that, I wouldn't take it out wearing it myself. I wouldn't wear um, a player's Rolex, for example. I'd uh, keep it stashed somewhere and get one of my friends to come and collect it later. But uh, but if that is what they're doing, they're wearing the clothes, they're wearing, they're carrying the uh, goods on them. Then surely they could have uh, stricter airport security when an event like that happens. Look, Rob, I think most people can see quite clearly that everything at the moment is skewed, including the comments I made earlier about the fact that. The footballers are overpaid. It's obviously overpaid. The whole thing is based around, um, you know, I mean, the whole world is revolving around money as as opposed to revolving around morals and principles. And uh, sadly, uh, I think this is just another symptom of a very sick society. And unfortunately, you know, where you've got rich people, I'm afraid you'll always get people... Um, that would try and rob from them. However, this is another dimension, people coming in and obviously organised gangs trying to um, profit from this. I don't think there's an awful lot more we can say, so uh, I'll move on and we'll look at um, something a bit nicer which happened to Kenny Dalglish, Sir Kenny. Now, I don't know if you watched the BBC Sports Personality of the Year. Um, I did, basically. Um, I was absolutely enthralled to see so many uh, Liverpool ex-players there that I thought, yeah, you know, obviously uh, they've come in probably to honour Sir Kenny Dalglish. Uh, Celtic, Liverpool, Scotland, of course, his chief uh, venues of playing. 
and uh, he was honoured with the Lifetime Achievement Award at the BBC Sports Personality of the Year. So, uh, tell us what he's actually won, because he's 72 now, and obviously uh, he's up in the Royal Box at Liverpool, really one of the um, sort of... uh, I would imagine he's there to give his advice over certain things when they're necessary. But tell us about his his achievements. Well, this um, Sigourney Alice was honoured by uh, what's called a Lifetime Achievement Award at the BBC Sports Personality of the Year. And when you actually look at the things that he has accomplished throughout his career and throughout his life in general... Um, it's quite amazing, really. I mean, he, he wasn't very big for a, a forward. He was a forward. He was five foot eight, which is one one seven three. Um, but he played for Celtic before he actually went to Liverpool. He played for Celtic two and four times and got under eleven goals. Then in nineteen seventy seven, he went to Liverpool, which is where I first uh, noticed him because I was a kid growing up at the time, and he was one of the uh, best players of his era, um, definitely without. I doubt, 355 uh, appearances, 118 goals. Um, he played for Scotland 102 times and got 30 goals, and that was just his playing career. Um, and then he went on to manage Liverpool. He was unfortunately the manager of Liverpool um, when the, um, the, the disaster struck in the semi-final of the FA Cup. But he managed to handle that very, very well. Um, it's another feather in his cap, if you like. He managed to... Um, keep things as calm as possible under very, very, um, under extreme duress, should we say. Then he went on to Blackburn Rovers, Newcastle United. Um, he's done a lot of charity work over the years, which he doesn't actually uh, that often in public, but it's well known that he does. And he's an all-round great guy, I think. Um, he's he's very likeable as well. He's quite difficult to understand sometimes, and he's quite grumpy some of the time as well. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, well, he's quite grumpy, isn't he? But, that's, but that goes with the uh, part and parcel of his, his personality, really, isn't it? Um, I, I think he's a very nice bloke. I've always liked him since I first uh, saw him as, when I was a child as a player. And I'm glad that he's got this award. Well, absolutely. Totally and utterly well-deserved because uh, the reason why he is called King Kenny is the way that he did sort of show the the supporters just how much he cared and uh, he was uh, in the forefront of all the players who basically have have gone to the funerals and uh, obviously supported the Liverpool fans over such a very sad time. Uh, I can remember the day that he signed for Liverpool and uh, I'd gone to Radio Merseyside and I was looking down over the Holiday Inn and there was a big sort of kerfuffle going on. It was all sorts, you know, sort of you could tell something big was happening. And uh, that that was it. It was, it was Kenny Dalglish joining Liverpool. He was one of the most exciting players to watch. Um, you know, he always was a great player with Celtic as well. Um, but when he came to Liverpool, we just knew that we had somebody very, very special. And, um, you know, the, the club went through those halcyon years. I mean, it's all very well, uh, some of the... Uh, sillier uh, pundits and and people making out that Liverpool because they've only won once 
of the Premier League. They don't really seem to understand that it was only a rebranding exercise and that realistically it's the first division, the same as it always was. Uh, but of course uh, it was rebranded and everybody now makes out that Liverpool's only won it once, which is nonsense. Uh, alongside Manchester United, uh, Liverpool are the most su successful club. And um, the, the trophy room will uh, depict this. I mean, whereas you could go to, say, Man City's trophy room and you could be in and out within, say, 20 minutes. I mean, Liverpool, you'll be there a couple of hours. And I think that, um, you know, things that um, Sir Kenny has done, I mean, I don't really like anybody being called Sir he probably feels exactly the same, I would imagine. Uh, but if there's anybody that you're going to look up to for his comportment, his skill, and uh, the way that he sort of just generally behaves, I think Kenny Dalglish is one of the few that um, you, you can clearly see was deserving of a title. So there we are, uh, Kenny Dalglish. Now we're going to stay with this um, BBC Sports Personality of the Year. And basically, um, we're going to look at the winner of the actual trophy for the BBC Sports Personality of the Year. So, tell us about uh, Mary Earps, please. Well, uh, <clears throat> Mary Earps, who uh, won, won the uh, Sports, BBC Sports Personality of the Year, she's a 30-year-old um, goalkeeper who she plays for Man United at the moment. And um, she was voted to be the Sports Personality of the Year. Um, but there's been quite a lot of controversy, especially from the uh, places you'd expect controversy to come from, I suppose, about why did she win it? Because she, did, she hadn't actually won anything um, that year. She was part of the um, European Cup winning uh, squad that won the European Cup um, last year. That she, the, the England ladies team went out of the uh, World Cup fairly early on in the uh, World Cup, and they, so she hasn't actually won anything. I don't, I don't think she's won anything with Man U either. However, it's sports personality of the year, isn't it? It doesn't mean particularly on your sporting achievements that year. Um, the only reason I'd ever heard of her really before was because she was the England uh, women's goalkeeper, so I don't really know that much about her. But um, I think when the women do win these kind of awards, they um, choose to share it with their teammates as well, don't they? But that's been quite a lot of criticism, hasn't it, Vince? Well, I should think so too, because I've been telling everybody for a long time that uh, the Americans are trying to force certain things via the media as they own certain parts now of the Premier League. You can see a little bit more clearly if you want to look at these things. Uh, in collusion probably with the Saudis or, or the certainly the Asian money. Um, but when it came to Mary Earps, look, I don't have a problem with the fact that she uh, won it. The problem that I do have is that we knew weeks well before that she would have won it. And we were, were given this nonsense about the, uh, the betting lines are open and they will close in so many minutes and all this, that and the other. When it's pretty obvious that it is a political decision as far as I can see. Um, if you've just outlined quite clearly that she hadn't ever won anything then it doesn't make much sense because when all said well, and done, so, 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 sorry, Vince, she hadn't, she hadn't won, any, she hasn't won anything as far as I'm aware this year. 
she was part of the Euro team that won the Euros, but that was last year. Um, oh. So as far as I know, she hasn't actually won anything this year. Yeah, but I mean, the politics for me is that the Americans are trying to push the ladies' football and they are trying to condition everybody via the VAR uh, stand and wait for hours on end when uh, we all can see that, you know, something should be uh, an immediate decision. Now, funny enough, um, just taking an aside for a second, Neil Warnock passed some very clear comments about what he thought should be happening with VAR. And one of them, I thought, was a very sensible um, uh, comment, which is basically, he said, if there's no clear daylight between two players, it's not obvious. And I think he's absolutely right. If you've got to look for nose hers and, you know, other sort of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it, it, it doesn't make sense. Now, the only sense it makes to me is that the Americans are programming us for when they take over a lot more of the programming. We'll, at the moment, we're watching matches at stupid times that nobody in the European arena really wants to be watching uh, at the behest of those in America and in the Arab world. Don't forget Money Talks, by the way, so where uh, people will think I'm probably a madman talking like this, follow the money. It's as simple as that. Um, you know, uh, the numbers of um, American clubs now in the Premier League, in their ownership, is really quite high. And I think, um, you know, I mean, do you feel the same, Rob, or is it just me? OK, well, it does seem rather strange that every time we talk about issues like uh, the interference of uh, things going into the Premier League, it does seem we always get these problems. So if it's the, is it the algorithm? Is it the artificial intelligence? Is it uh, deliberate that people are listening and monitoring? Um, you know, when all said and done, they're, they're treating us like fools. And, you know, very much as I know that uh, this uh, particular goalkeeper seems to be a very nice person, I got the whole impression that the whole of the BBC Sports Awards was um, all about uh, the lady presenters more than anything else because it was... Um, Gabby Logan, it was, um, I forget the other uh, girl's name. Um, there were three three ladies and um, Gary Lineker, so probably four ladies is probably a better way of talking about it. Um, but um, I'm being unkind. Um, but, I mean, the thing is that uh, something is not right when you can see quite clearly that, um, you know, the minority game is now being made to take precedence over the likes of the Premier League. Uh, sorry, I mean, the name itself gives you the clue as to which is more important. How do you feel about it? Well, Vince, I mean, this was, um, it wasn't officially broadcast, but um, the winner was, yeah, um, was rumoured and turned out to be true. Um, several days ago, it might have been weeks ago, I don't know, but I, I heard about it um, several days before it was actually the event itself. And um, so these things are obviously decided beforehand. And it does seem rather strange, doesn't it, that um, if if a woman wins it, that's fair enough. If it's athletics or or any, any sport, really, that um, women generally uh, have been involved in for a very long time. Um, but... 
as you say, um, for football, he's getting far too much um, media presence, I think, for its actual true value. Um, obviously, a lot of people like to watch women's football, and that's fair enough, but um, not to the kind of level that we are being told that we should like it, I don't think. And um, no, I've got nothing against this uh, Mary Earps myself either. Well, she seemed uh, seem rather strange, doesn't it? She seemed very nice, and I thought at the time that when they didn't, um, uh, the, the Nikkei branch, um, I think they basically, uh, it was all about the outrage when the brand launched the team kit in the summer with one glaring omission, a replica goalkeeper ch- shirt. Uh, now, isn't it strange, you see, that the, 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 the this shirt comes back into play and suddenly we're all talking about ladies' football again. I mean, you know, you, you really, mm. you'd have to be a bit dim not to see the, these connections that I make. Yes, now that is, that's where I've heard of it before as well. Yes, uh, when the uh, record kits came out and there wasn't a goalkeeper's shirt. So, yeah, there, there's somebody, and it won't be Mary Epps herself, let's face it. I mean, she's a player. But um, somewhere behind the uh, scenes, there are people pulling strings out there. Oh yeah, I mean, there's no two no way, two ways about it. I mean, uh, when you look at the uh, the games, yeah, there there are some good games, but it's not men's football, and therefore I don't have a problem with the ladies all enjoying their football with the commentators and pundits and everything else. But they're impinging now onto the men's game, whether we like it or not, and you know uh, there are some of the men that get on your nerves. So let's not be sexist or silly about it some of the men you know they don't really speak the the english language the way that maybe uh, you'd expect a a broadcaster to be able to uh, use the language um but um if, if it's a man that's played the game and you've seen how he plays and he, you know that he knows what he's talking about you're more likely to want to listen to him than somebody who basically can only have ever played a girl um, when they're playing football, it's not quite the same as the tackles that you would see coming in from some of the Premier League players. Um, I just feel yeah. that we're being bullied into making uh, a, the, the spectacle of the game that we watch um, change to suit other interested parties. We'll keep it like that, then the AI will find it more difficult. Um, okay, Rob, so um, yeah, um, well done to her. Um, don't forget the Katharina Thompson Palmer, the, the uh, heptathlete. Uh, she came third, so the ladies did quite well. Uh, we had a cricketer sandwiched in between. So who who are the um, BBC really trying to kid? Because if you can't see that there's far more people watch men's football and therefore more likely to want to vote for somebody than the uh, the odd cricketer and a couple of ladies. I'm afraid it uh, is a bit nonsensical for me. Well, it is, isn't it, Vince? Let's face it. I think I think it's a bit old hat as well. The BBC uh, Sports Personality of the Year awards, but um, yeah, it is being manipulated. Just if I might mention, you mentioned uh, Neil Warnock earlier on. Yeah. Now Stephen Warnock, who's no relation actually, it's an unusual surname, but Stephen Warnock, the ex-Liverpool left back. He is on Match of the Day too, and he's very, very knowledgeable about everything to do with football. But he can't get one sentence out without making a dramatical error. Now, it doesn't 
to me, that doesn't matter uh, because he knows what he's talking about and you can understand what he's saying. But uh, yeah, it, it's but he doesn't know what he's said. He's been there. He's done. He's played it as the Neil was when he was uh, a younger man. He was a player as well. Well, you see, the the trouble is, if you were to go along what you've just said, uh, you said it doesn't matter to you that he uh, basically can't can't parse sentences or can't speak grammatically. Then where does it end, Rob? There's a thin end. Of the wedge there. If you're going to have a professional broadcasting service, you have professional broadcasters. If this means that you bring in guests who people can patently see were never properly educated in the English language, then football is renowned for that. Um, I mean, obviously, you then look at the amount of people coming into the game who aren't English. So, yes, I think there is a, a filtration and a, a, a diminution of the English language. It's being filtered again. And uh, this is political. OK, Rob, I think we'll get uh, Rob's La Liga. Here we go. Liga Roundup with Rob Daniels. Okay, Rob, well, uh, we go next to your expertise, which, of course, is the Spanish football and La Liga. Right, Vince. Well, at the moment, um, La Liga is having midweek matches at the moment um, because they have a break over Christmas, um, which many, many countries do, actually. The Germans have a break throughout the main part of the winter, as far as I believe. But, um, yeah, these are the final matches before the winter break, anyway, for uh, the Christmas season. And the way we're standing at the moment, we've got uh, Girona on 17 matches played, um, same as Real Madrid. Girona on 44 and Real Madrid on 42. Barcelona a match ahead and they're on 38. So these two are actually pulling um, ahead of the field, if you like, which is uh, nice to see. Um, well, not Real Madrid particularly because you expect them to be there, but Girona, it's nice to see them doing well. Um, Valencia are not doing too badly at the moment. Uh, they won um, last night, I think they won, or the night before. Um, and they're in mid-table, which is better than they're expected to do um, after last season's performance. Down at the bottom end, we've got uh, two who are really cough at the moment. We've got Almeria on five points and Granada on eight points. And they've played 18 matches as well. So it's a similar situation to what happens in uh, the English football, is that teams that are really cut off at the, when it comes to the Christmas period um, are very unlikely to stay up. However, it's still all to play for. Um, we're about halfway through the season now, which we will be in the Premier League as well. So, yeah, it's, it's good football is, the, uh, is La Liga. And there's always something to uh, talk about the... VAR situation is very similar to what it is um, in Premier League. And also the referees adding on time willy-nilly um, until one of them scores a goal. It's also a big talking point as well. So there's very lots of, there's a lot of similarities between the two games. And what's the general feeling from people that you speak with here in Spain? Um, you, you know, I, I think you don't have to really be the greatest mathematician to see that the number of times a goal seems to be scored 
in about seven or eight minutes of extra time, and then basically the whistle blows. Um, you know, it, it, it brings the cynic out in me. And I think, quite honestly, um, that, you know, when you look at the rugby and you see that the clock stops and then it starts again, um, you know, none of this um, referee discretion, it's nonsense. Absolute nonsense, Vince. And uh, it's, well, especially amongst the uh, people that I speak with and uh, about football, um, and that's a lot of people, as you know, and not just... Uh, Spanish people, people from all over. Um, it's, not, it's just a big fix, really, isn't it? As you said a few weeks ago, what if somebody was to invent a, a sort of watch that you could stop and then turn it back on again? I mean, that would really revolutionise things, wouldn't it? Um, but, yeah, it, it just seems to be a big fix everywhere you, everywhere you look. Um, unfortunately, um, as, as we're speaking at the moment, and there doesn't seem to be anything in in place to uh, try and sort it out either. So uh, what that's you, the situation we're in. It, it, it's my problem is that I've been a media watcher and studying the way that these things operate for a long number of years. And you've been with me for a lo lo long time now. And mm. you can see quite clearly that an idea will be mooted. And then, you know, it sort of comes into play. Everybody will say it's wrong. Everybody will s give you chapter and verse as to what needs changing and then nothing changes. And then you become immunised against a ridiculous situation. Now, for the uh, authorities to have people with boards, electric boards, watches, whistles, special rooms in Stockton or wherever it is, um, I mean, you know, uh, you've got all these people who all they've got to do is look at the blessed clock. I mean, you know, you've got kids in primary school can tell the time better than these referees. So, you know, I'm fed up of being kidded. This is kidology. This business of all waiting for VAR, it's pretty obvious. We will soon be watching the Americans, and what they will be doing is they will be determining how many adverts from America we watch rather than whether it's the correct decision. So there we are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think uh, you've summed it up pretty well, uh, Vince. And I think um, <clears throat> many, many people, um, including, I would say, a large percentage of our listeners, would all agree with you on that one. OK, we're going to look at what went on in the Premier League last week. Uh, we'll start with... Uh, here we go. Okay, so last week we had uh, Newcastle United playing Fulham. Now, um, as we saw in the Carabao Cup, uh, I just happened to be in Javier yesterday and it was on and so I was able to have a really good look at it. And, um, you know, it looked to me as though Newcastle United had everything sort of wrapped up. Chelsea were pressing and pressing and pressing. And then suddenly, there we are, 1-1 and time for penalties. And um, it was pretty rotten for Kieran Trippier, I think. Um, he was the first to, to miss. And um, so Newcastle 
they uh, do they flatter to deceive or is Eddie Howe still getting it right? What do you think? They're not as consistent as uh, you would expect them to be this season. After having such a good season last year, um, they seem to have fallen apart a little bit. Or whether or not that's because other teams um, are more up on the way that Newcastle play, it's difficult to say. But um, yeah, they, they, they're not doing as well as uh, they were expecting themselves to do. And um, I don't know if Eddie Howe, I think Eddie Howe uh, will stay there. Um, I'd like to see him as an England manager one of these days, Vince. I uh, make no secret of that. Um, but uh, we'll just have to wait and see. But they aren't doing anywhere near as well as they thought they were going to do this season. Eddie Howe, I think for me, eventually will be off to train camels in one of the um, Arab countries. Um, he'll follow the money, the same as everybody else, you know. But um... yes. Unfortunately, that might well be the case, Vince. But uh, I'd, I would like to see him as England manager. While he's still um, a young, fit and uh, enthusiastic man as well. OK, well, Newcastle, Fulham, we both thought that uh, Newcastle would beat Fulham. So it was 3-0 a lot more easily than probably either of us guessed. Uh, we go next to Chelsea, where the visitors were Sheffield United. Uh, I saw it as a 2-1. You thought it could be 1-1, and it actually ended up 2-0. Your thoughts on that one? Well, um, I was hoping Sheffield United would get a point at least uh, because of the situation they're in as far as the table goes. And again, I make no secret, I've got nothing against Chelsea as a team or a set of supporters, but I don't like the amount of money that Chelsea um, they seem to have bottomless pits of money and they waste it on players that don't really fit into a good team. Um, but they won it on this occasion against the very weak Sheffield United. 2-0. Um, I was also reading that Roman uh, Abramovich is still trying to get his money back. Um, you know, I, I really felt that uh, it was a bit unfair to single him out, but then again, Chelsea have got the money going again. So let's go to Brentford next. Brentford were hosting Aston Villa. Now, um, I thought it could be 2-2. I thought it'd be um, a very intense and close game. You got the score spot on. It was uh, Brentford 1, Aston Villa 2. So well done to you. Yeah, thanks. It's, uh, as, I, as I mentioned over the last few weeks, I, I really like the look of Aston Villa at the moment. Um, and I got that one exactly right. More by luck than judgment, I suppose. But I thought Villa would win it. I will, um, and I think Aston Villa, for, from a neutral's point of view at least, are a team well worth watching. OK, now Bournemouth, were, they were hosting Luton. And we've already talked about what happened there. So that game will be replayed. It was 1-1. And uh, it, the whole match will be replayed. Nottingham, they we got... We both had draws, actually, for that, Vince. Unfortunately, the match was stopped before the end of the, the full time. Yeah. But we both predicted draws. Yeah. OK, uh, now then, uh, Nottingham have uh, dispensed the services of their manager. Um, and uh, I think it's... Uh, is it um, Nuno that's come in? No, no, it's the Dudu Santo. Yes, we'll be able to sing his name again, won't we? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think he was signed yesterday, Vince. And yeah. uh, Steve Cooper, um, the ex, now ex, ex for 
Yeah. You're coming and going again. I really like that scene. Yes, he's almost like he's almost immediately been offered, I think, several positions where the managers are on very uncertain territory. So, uh, yeah, but Nuno Spiritu Santa will be back in again. Um, he knows the Premier League very well. He was the Wolves manager for, I think he was Wolves manager for about four seasons. Um, so he, he knows the Premier League and, um, well, <laughs> he's got he's got a fantastic name as well. And he looks the part, doesn't he, with his long beard? Doesn't he just? Anyway, uh, Nottingham yeah. nil, Spurs 2. We both saw Spurs winning that one. Um, so we won't dwell on it as we go to West Aim playing Wolves. Um, we, again, both saw this one being a West Ham win. And, um, you know, following that game and watching how uh, West Ham played at Liverpool last night, um, I, I'm just astonished how different the, the team played. Indeed. I mean, over the last few matches, they, they won 5-1, I think, and then they lost 3-0 or something. They, they're running down like you can't believe, and there doesn't seem to be any sort of uh, rhyme or reason. Um, another Spurs, maybe. Yeah. Impossible to say how they're going to play. OK, so uh, like a lot of people, I was looking forward to uh, Liverpool playing Manchester United. I have to say, I I didn't think that it was going to be a win for Liverpool. Um, the reason for it was quite clear. If Ten Hag, and I'm not his biggest fan, if he could not motivate Manchester United to play well against Liverpool, what on earth is he doing as Manchester United's manager? As it is, he settled for total mediocrity. To just come to Anfield and park the bus meant that there was no way that he wanted to win the game. He just wanted to make sure he didn't lose it. And it was a frustration. The stats proved that Liverpool wanted to play the game and win it. Um, and that Manchester United didn't have a clue about how they could win that game. So, uh, not very impressed. And um, I'm afraid it made Liverpool look very, very ordinary, which you can see by last night's results, they're not. So anyway, what did you think of that, having thought that Liverpool would win and just like me, you saw the draw, nil-nil? Yeah, I, I actually watched that match, especially Vince, because I thought it was going to be a good match, as most people did, I think. Nil-nil um, draw, yeah, very disappointing for Liverpool because they are better than that. Man United showed nothing apart from, yeah, packing the bus. And uh, the only reason I think Den Haag is still in a job is that they can't afford to pay his redundancy contract and employ somebody else. Um, I was listening to that on a Spanish uh, programme a couple of nights ago, which is probably it's probably not far from the truth, because he has got a buyout clause, and uh, I think that's the only reason he's still there. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I was reading some stats, and apparently the possession stats were about, they were even uh, not quite as impressive when in, uh, Liverpool beat Manchester United 7-0. I mean, you know, it, it, um, it's easy to go and park a bus. We know that uh, that's not really the best way to play football, but, you know, he, he was desperate for a point and uh, on we go. Arsenal playing Brighton. We both saw Arsenal winning this one. 2-0 it was and... Um, what did you think of that game? Well, Ar Arsenal, um, 
well, the, the next game that we're going to talk about in the predictions is going to be a good one. But Arsenal um, are consistent again this season. They, they've had a few drops, but uh, they're still up there, aren't they? they I, I would... I would see Arsenal and Liverpool, obviously the top two at the moment, as being favourites to go for it toe to toe right until the end at the moment. And um, I actually quite like Arsenal and uh, the way that Mikel Arteta's got them set up. And um, yeah, they deserve to win against Brighton, who again are not having the season that we all expected them to, to have, at oh. least not yet, anyway. Okay, well, you thought that um, Burnley would have drawn with Everton. I thought Everton would win this one 2-0. That was the score, so a great away win for Everton. And, uh, you know, the more that I see Everton, the more I realise that it's so unfair. Just you look at, look at what's happened. We all know Manchester City have got all sorts of um, black marks against their name and financial fair play, and yet they've still not been punished. Everton are fighting back and um, good for them. I'm really pleased that they're playing well and getting the results. What do you think? No, I agree entirely, Vince. I mean, uh, Everton now, if they hadn't have had the points, Docs, which uh, it's hypothetical because they have had the points, Docs, but they, they would have been well into the top half of the table by now. And um, it's very unfair. And I think that anybody who is not anti-Everton, um, like a neutral such as myself, we all want to see Everton do as well as they can uh, because they have been unfairly treated. And I think uh, most people would like to see Manchester City have their day or their days in court and see what actually happens to them because they haven't been found guilty of anything yet. But uh, it's such a complicated case that they managed to span it out for years and years already. So, uh, yeah, good luck to Everton. Um, bad one for Burnley, but uh, they haven't found their feet all season yet, have they? So, no, uh, but isn't it, isn't it strange that they were able to find Everton and deduct points? I mean, utter nonsense. As we go to Man City yeah. and uh, the visitors to uh, the Etihad was Crystal Palace. Now, we both thought that Man City would win this by about 3-0. It was actually 2-2. Well done, Crystal Palace. I think they, they obviously got a good result there. Well done, Roy. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was definitely a good result for um, for Palace and not a good result for City. Now, I actually don't mind. I've, I've got nothing against Man City at all, um, especially when they were a club that was... They were the second club, if you like, in Manchester, weren't they, for many, many, many years. But the way things are going now, um, I'm not anti-City, but I'm pleased that Palace got the uh, got the draw. And it was a very late goal as well. It was a 90 plus five. We should expect Man City to get that one in, wouldn't you? You wouldn't expect uh, Crystal Palace to get one in a 90 plus five. Yeah. And a penalty as well. <laughs> OK, so we'll go next to uh, tonight's game when Crystal Palace are playing Brighton. So give us your prediction for that one. Right. Now, Brighton are playing away from home, not having the brilliant this season that they've ever had, or that, that well, it's the second best season I think they've ever had. Last season was the best. I'll put this down as a 2 1 to Palace, Vince. Okay, well, I think it's 2 1 to Brighton. So, um, good. We start off with a discrepancy. Uh, Friday night, Aston Villa play Sheffield <laughs> United. So, your thoughts on that one? So, which one was that? Villa Sheffield United, Vince? Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's the order I've got them in as well. Um, nah. I'm going to put Sheffield United down for a draw against Vince. Okay. Um, although Villa should really win it um, because they're bon- they are a good team at the moment. I'll put it down as a one-all, Vince. Okay. <laughs> and I'm going to put it down as a two-one to Aston Villa. West Ham. Yeah. West Ham play Manchester United. Give us your score. Your score on that one. Oh dear me! That, this could be another nil-nil as far as I'm concerned, Vince. Uh, I think I'll put it down as a nil-nil to be honest. Okay, so two-two for me. Um, yeah. Fulham play Burnley. So Fulham Saturday, Fulham versus Burnley. Give us your thoughts. Yes, now uh, <clears throat> Fulham um, are playing quite well. They've got a solid team. Burnley have not found their feet. I can see this. Been 3 3 1 to Fulham, Vince. Okay, 2 1 for me, and that's to Fulham. Luton play Newcastle United. Luton play some nice football. Newcastle stuttering a little bit. Give us your thoughts. Yeah, Luton, um, especially after having lost the uh, well, Tom Lockyer with the business we spoke about already. The rest of the team should be fired up like you can't believe um, to try and win a match for him at least. And I can see them actually doing it because they aren't, they aren't a bad outfit actually and uh, Newcastle are a bit dodgy. So I'll put it down as a 2-1 to uh, Luton Town wins. 2-3 to me. Uh, so Newcastle to win that one for me. Nottingham yeah. Forest uh, with Nuno at the helm take on Bournemouth. Bournemouth, of course... Uh, took part in that game that was abandoned, and so uh, they'll be looking to uh, get their game going again. Give us your score, please. It's going to be new manager syndrome, I think, at uh, Forest Vince. I think Forest will do this thing, they'll do it 3 0. Okay, I think it'll be 1 2 because Bournemouth are certainly playing really well at the moment. Spurs play Everton. Right now, um, Spurs again are a bit up and down, but they're on good form at the moment. Um, I'll put this down as a two-all draw, Vince. Two-two. Okay, um, I've got it down as a two-two. Strangely enough, and um, I mean, really, you wouldn't like to say too much more about that one. Everton are scrapping for everything, and Spurs. Well, they do blow very hot or very very cold, and. Um, I think 2 twos. I think that's about the right result. Now, the big one. Liverpool, Arsenal. Now, we were speaking a couple of weeks ago about the uh, FA Cup third round draw, weren't we? And it's going to be Liverpool against Arsenal there. This is the match that everybody wants to see. Um, Liverpool against Arsenal. Top two teams in the Premier League at the moment over the Christmas period. That should be a fantastic match. I'll be disappointed if it isn't. I think most people will. Who's going to win it? I think Liverpool will win this, but I think it'll be goals. I think it'll be 3-2. OK, well, um, I'm probably not sounding the way I should want it to be because uh, Liverpool, after last night, were brilliant. However, uh, these managers these days are all about tactics and uh, I think Arsenal have seen Manchester United come and park the bus. So I won't be too surprised if um, Arsenal even try a bit a bit of that they they don't play the best game that way they they're brilliant to watch 
Liverpool can look brilliant, uh, but it takes two to tango. And if you're not going to play a proper game of football, then it becomes boring like we saw with Manchester United. I'll go for a 1-1 here. 1-0, yeah. Uh, well, I hope, it, I hope it's a good match, Vince, because uh, it should be. Top of the table clash. Right at the key dates, right just before Christmas. It's, yeah, it should be a good match, hopefully. Your score again? I've got 3-2 to Liverpool, Vince. OK, as we go to the last game uh, just before Christmas itself, Wolves are taking on Chelsea. Now, um, Wolves seem to blow hot and cold. Chelsea, they... I don't know. I, I just can't make my mind up about Chelsea this year. Weird. They've got themselves into the next round of the Carabao. So, you know, they they must be obviously beginning to gel a bit more. So what do you think of this one? Yeah, two, two difficult teams to uh, on runs of fall and things. Christmas Eve, <clears throat> I don't know how many people uh, will go up and support Chelsea. They, they do have a big following, but it's Christmas Eve. I'd give Wolves a home advantage. I'll put it down as a 2-1 to uh, Wolves, Vince. OK, and I'd go for Chelsea 2-1. So, um, yeah. OK, well, now, I think that's about as far as we're going to go with predictions because um, if we talk next Thursday, uh, that will be the evening of Boxing Day games, if you know what I mean. So... Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, um, yeah, well... It, Yes, it will be, I think, won't it? Yeah, um, because any listeners who don't know, the uh, English football and generally sports in general uh, carry on through the Christmas period, don't they, Vince? And um, we've got some good matches lined up for Boxing Day and a few days after that as well. Boxing Day being the 26th of December for anybody who doesn't know. Yeah. Okay, well, look, uh, all I can really do now is to wish you all the best. Um, what will you be doing, Rob? Have you, you got plans? Plans for what, Vince? Uh, plans for Christmas. Oh, um, <laughs> Christmas. Yeah, you've heard, you've heard of this big day. It's a special day in the Christian calendar. Yes, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I have really. I've been I've been working towards the Christmas break for uh, a while now, yeah. and um, I'll probably be taking it easy. I've got I've, I'm, I'm eating with some friends and family and that. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll just take it easy and uh, enjoy the football. Yeah, well, uh, I think we'll be in Valencia. Um, not sure. It's uh, sort of decided very late on whether we do it this way but um we'll be around the area that's for sure and uh, obviously i don't know about you i love christmas it's it's one of my favorite times of the year if not the the, the one day of the year which i do believe a lot of people go out and they want to be nice to other people you know it, it's uh, it's that nice feeling you know the the joie de vivre that sort of thing i do like christmas yes it's, it's, i like it i like it in spain as well Vince, because it, it's it's a it is a peaceful time of year isn't it where um, no one has any ill will towards anybody else and um but boxing day the 26th of december is the one that uh, i always look forward to because it's a top sporting day and um there's king charles the sixth or king george the sixth handicap on as well which I will uh, probably have a, a euro on. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so yeah, you, you all enjoy yourselves, Vincent. I hope the listeners um, also enjoy your Christmas wherever you are. And, and uh, we'll speak again soon. Okay, so uh, 
without any further ado. Merry Christmas, Pete. A very Merry Christmas to all our listeners and a very, very happy and Merry Christmas to you, Rob. Um, thanks for all the podcasts and we look forward to um, this time next week. Indeed. Cheers, Reds. Cheers, Rob. <laughs>